When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Toolkit Depot studio. We've got a lot of footy to talk about, and we're going to talk about that with Jordan McArdle from the West Australian coming up over the next few minutes. West Coast being flogged in Adelaide, our state 18s being flogged in Adelaide, and Fremantle being beaten, not flogged, a very competitive loss, but still being beaten by 15 points by Richmond at Optus Stadium. Got a good text coming through from Matt from Bell Divers on the Temperate Bedshed text line, which is 0487 736 736. Is the under-18 result in Adelaide all the more reason for the Eagles not to trade pick one this year? Well, we might talk to Jordan McArdle about that, and he joins us on the line now. Geordie, welcome. Morning, Darth. Thanks for having me. Not a lot of good news to talk about this weekend, mate. Um, What the hell's going on over there in South Australia? <laughs> You're not wrong, actually. You summed it up pretty well in about 20 seconds. There, it wasn't a great weekend for the WA footy teams, and that extended to the the underages as well. Obviously, topped an 88 point hiding in Adelaide yesterday. The West Coast Eagles, a, a triple figure thrashing the day before in Adelaide as well. So the Dockers were the only competitive WA team of the three really over over the weekend, which was um, yeah, obviously a disappointing one for WA footy fans. Yep, and Fremantle lost too. Let's not forget that. So Matt from Bell Divers says, is the under-18 result all the more reason for the Eagles not to pick, uh, not to trade pick one? And uh, is there not enough WA talent there for them to, to think they're winning if they get two locals for, for the one pick that would get them Harley Reid? What do you think? Look, it is a, it is a really good question. I think, I think the performance yesterday shows how strong the allies are as well. They, they had a good win against South Australia um, in, in the Carnival opener the week before. So I think until we see WA take on a couple of the other teams, it's, it's probably too early to say. But, um, it, yeah, it was a disappointing performance yesterday. And there was there was a few standouts. I, I still like the look of Mitch Edwards in the ruck. He was, he was beaten but still competed well. I think he finished with 30 hit-outs and... 11 disposals and a few nice marks around the ground. So he was he was okay. I thought Clay Hall was, was decent in the midfield and, and same with Reese Torrent as well. So a few Peel boys probably standing out there. Dan Curtin, who's um, up there with Mitch Edwards, is the, you know, probably the highest rated in terms of talent. He had a... It was a tough battle, wasn't it, against Jed Walter, but... I thought I he did he all right. I thought he did all right. He was okay. He was okay, yeah. yeah. So... Um, he, he certainly curtailed him early. Um, Walter probably got better as the, the game went on and took a few nice marks and um, probably could have had four or five and ended up with three goals too. Um, but, yeah, Curtin still had his moments and I think most defenders are going to find it tough against Jed, Jed Walter. He's built like a 25-year-old and uh, he's probably going to end up with about 15 or so goals, I think, for the Carnival. West Coast. 
what happened and what could they have done? I mean, when you look at what they put out there, it was like a – I described it in an article for Code Sports. I said it was like Adam Simpson was trying to win World Series of poker with a pair of twos being continually dealt to him. It, it just They didn't have enough out there, did they? Yeah, well, their midfield was nearly first choice. If you if you look at the actual midfielders available, Yo was there, Kelly was there, um, Dom Shade, Gaff, um, and obviously Luke Shuey as well. So they actually had a reasonable um, on paper midfield at, on, on paper. On paper. Um, obviously, Elliot Yo was was playing as a as a key back. Um, yeah, it was. It was pretty grim viewing, wasn't it? And uh, I, I do feel for Adam Simpson in a way. Like he, even even an hour an hour or so before the opening bounce, he loses Jake Waterman, who was due to play a key back role because they were that short in defence. So um, yeah, I, I think a lot of key forwards were going to dine out against that sort of defence, unfortunately. And and that's exactly what happened with with Taylor Walker kicking ten. So uh, it, the, I guess the worrying part is there's. There's not much else left in the uh, in the depth department as well, is there? They had two AFL listed guys running around in the Wapple. One's a, a Category B rookie in Tyrell Duo, who's obviously a you know project player. The other is is Jack Williams, who's come back for some, from some pretty serious internal injuries and has played one game of AFL footy. So um, there's not exactly anyone knocking on the door in the twos. They lost by even more than the Eagles did. They lost by. 129 to Subiaco, so um, yeah, the the, the buyer just simply couldn't couldn't come soon enough. Really, they've got that to enjoy this week, and let's hope they get a few senior guys back because um, yeah, a few more of these triple figure beltings, and um, it just feels like they're running out of excuses, doesn't it? And the, the yeah, you know, it's it's tough for Adam Simpson. He doesn't have many players really available at his disposal, does he? I think he he would have had probably twenty six, twenty seven players to to choose from. The the effort was probably increased. At least you know led the tackle count and that sort of thing. But yeah, it felt like the game was over by about quarter time, didn't it? Yeah. What did you make of Ryan Marrick in his first game in the AFL? Sorry, you still got me. What did you make of Ryan Marrick, the mid-season rookie pick one? Oh, he was he was good, doesn't he? He showed that he's an AFL footballer with with AFL traits. I thought that was probably the the best moment of the game for West Coast, wasn't it? When he kicked that that early goal, he finished with two and and probably could have had three as well. So to to have those sort of opportunities and and nail a couple in a in a team that was beaten by you know 122 points, I thought was was one real positive, and you know, I think um, I think they'll certainly persist with him for the for the rest of the year. So, um, yeah, I think that was that was certainly probably the the one main positive to take out of that game. They they picked hopefully the, the right guy in in Ryan Marrick. I still would have liked to have uh, you know seen them somehow find a, a second list spot, but. Uh, especially with Jack Buller kicking five four for uh, for Sydney's VFL side on, on on Friday, he would have looked nice in their forward line as well. But um, yeah, good to see Ryan Marrick going well, and he looked or he looks a, a bit of a favourite with Eagles fans. Yeah, he did. And you mentioned that mid-season rookie, the second spot. I, I don't understand, Jordy, and I think we have um, 
uh, Gavin Bell on tomorrow. I, th- I think he comes on the show tomorrow. Um, I, I don't understand how they could rule Nick Natanui out a week after the deadline for freeing up that list spot. I mean, surely it would have been imperative for West Coast to make sure they had that information before the deadline for freeing up a spot. I don't. I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I don't agree, understand. Yeah. I just don't understand that. And and seeing him at training, probably you know a couple of weeks before the mid-season draft, he did not look, did not look like a player who was coming back any time soon. He could barely he could barely get off the ground. So there was certainly some alarm bells there when I when I saw him at training last. And um, yeah, it turns out yeah he's done for the year. So if if, if only they could have worked that out a, a week or so earlier, they could have had a you know a Jack Fuller type running around for probably their one over the weekend. Do you think Simo can survive? It's getting harder with every every triple figure loss, isn't it? But I guess the the case that he's got is who who could do any better right now with with the personnel that he's got available. And you know, I know I know he mentioned on paper how strong the midfield could be, but a lot of these guys are, are coming back from injuries, aren't they? Shu was in his first game back. Um, Yo hasn't been back for. For too long, Tim Kelly's pretty much the the only one that's actually been available for the majority of the year, and yeah, you know, he'll he's leading their uh, the John Walsfield medal count by a by a fairly long way. I think he, he'd probably have it sewn up already. So um, yeah, I, I do feel for him with the cattle he's got available, and I, yeah, like I said, I don't think many other coaches could could do a great deal better at the moment. What do you make of Fremantle's performance uh, against Richmond? And uh, probably specifically Liam Henry and Sam Sturt. What are the implications for them? They were brought back into the team. It was very marginal marginal call. Like Justin Longmuir could have easily said, okay, Michael Walters goes into the team rather than being the sub and Sam Sturt is either the sub or he doesn't play. He could have easily said Neil Erasmus plays ahead of Liam Henry. Um, and obviously you've got Jager O'Meara coming back next game. Are these guys, that was a pretty big game for them in the context of their careers, I felt. Yeah, I think so, and it was a big statement, wasn't it, choosing Henry and, and Dirt over Neil Erasmus, who's been going really well in the Waffle, and he had 25 last week. I, I think he was right up there with, with Peel's best again over the weekend. So um, it, was a, it was a big statement choosing Especially Henry, I thought um, they could have easily done a, a like for like and, and put an Erasmus in there instead of Odemira. But um, Justin Longmuir ch- chose to give give Henry a, a go. He was he was serviceable probably, but not uh, yeah certainly not not among the best. And, and Sturt yeah probably had very very little influence unfortunately. So they they'll certainly have a, a nervous weight ahead of this weekend's game against GWS away. Um, yeah, that, I guess the James H concussion may give them a, a stay of execution. We'll have O'Meara coming back and, and H coming out. So whether that's just the the sole change they make, I, I, I know Justin Longmuir previously this year after losses hasn't really made a massive amount of changes. So um, I, I still would love to see Carl Warner get a go. He's been banging down the door all year felt like he's improved his disposal, which has probably been the, the one area that's, that's been his knock. Um, and he's just finding so much of the footy. He's versatile. Even if they give him a go as the sub, he can play 
You know, he can play as a wing, he can play half-back if needed. Um, he could probably even drift across half-forward as well. So I, I feel like he's cherry ripe to go if um, if they do have concerns over over Henry and, and Sturt's performances. I, I think he's, um, yeah, he, he's ready to go for an NFL debut. Sean Darcy, importance to the team was underlined at the weekend, do you think? Toby Nankervis used his big body, made Luke Jackson jump around him. I thought Nankervis, even though Jackson wasn't poor, I thought Nankervis won that battle. Yeah, I think so. I think Nankervis won won the points there. He's such a such a big body, isn't he? I think it would have been a, a really good battle between him and Darcy. They're probably that that similar type ruckman, although Darcy's probably a little bit better around the ground than, than Nankervis. Um yeah, he was he was good, wasn't he? And he even drifted forward for a for a goal late as well. So um yeah, it's, it was it was a tough um, tough battle, wasn't it? Frio's midfield they um, they lost the contested possession battle and they uh, they lost the clearance battle as well. So um, it was a little bit of a new look midfield, wasn't it? Without Omira and without Darcy, it shows how important obviously Darcy is and, and Omira as well. He was sort of getting better by the week before his. His suspension. They they tried a few different things, didn't they? They put Ace in there a, a little bit more, and I liked what um, what Matthew Johnson did in the the midfield. He ended up with I think twenty five and about seven clearances. So that was one positive out of the midfield, and obviously good to see Nat Fife. He was um, he was probably the the real spark in that second half, wasn't he? He and uh, he and Michael Walters, the two um, the two Wiley veterans, really. Um, really put the team on their back in that, that third quarter and, and made a real contest of it. But, yeah, when you when you concede five of the first six goals of the game, especially with the amount of inside 50s the Dockers had, um, it was always going to be be a long way back. I think they, they trailed by something like 36 at some point in the, in the third quarter, so they probably just ran out of petrol tickets there, that... That Ethan Hughes one that uh, that was reviewed and obviously given a behind that um, that would have made things interesting if that um, that was it, called a goal. I think it touched the post, didn't it? That's what it looked to me like it did. I, I think so. Yeah, I think they I think they certainly made the the right call there. But um, yeah, if it, if it did go the other way, I think that would have made things very interesting. But in the end, felt like they they sort of ran out of petrol tickets by trying to come back from such a fair distance. Jordy. Always appreciate your thoughts on the show. And people, if you want to read Geordie's stuff, he's in the West Australian. He's there. I think he's their best young rider. He does uh, great AFL stuff. He covers a variety of sports and he's really good on the under 18. So catch up with his stuff in the West. He's, uh, he's a good egg, Jordan McArdle. Thanks for joining us on the show, mate. Thanks, Duff. And thanks for calling me young as well. I appreciate it. Well, everyone's young compared to me, mate. That's uh, that's how I judge these things. Uh, all right, we'll take a break, and we'll be back after the break.